Brand up. It's very important to think outside the box when it comes to these, especially if it's a mom and pop shop, especially if it's a local brick and mortar store. And these, you know, a lot of times these are called boring businesses, but this applies literally online as well to any kind of service that you are thinking. You always have to remember at the end of the day, what really matters is the clientele, is the customer's base. Brand up. What's up, podcast listeners? First of all, I want to say thank you for listening to the show and also let you know that I have some exciting news that I don't want you to miss. I'm thrilled to introduce the Brand Up Pot Letter, which is technically my podcast and newsletter all in one. And you can sign up completely for free at www.thebrandupshow.com. And by subscribing to the Pod Letter, it actually sounds pretty cool. Pod Letter. <laughs> You'll be the first to know when a new episode of the Brand Up Podcast is released. You'll also get exclusive access to all my upcoming guests, behind the scenes in my own business, live Q&A, plus a free brand up training, which will walk you through exactly how to start building your own personal brand online while you generate customers for your own business in a predictable and efficient manner. So I hope to see you in your inbox, www.thebrandupshow.com. Brand up. Believe it or not, the best and fastest way to grow your business, it's actually not through paid ads, it's not through content marketing, it's not even through funnels, website, or SEO, or none of that stuff even combined. And this stuff coming from me, I mean, if you've been listening or following my content online, you know I'm a big proponent of you know paid ads and content marketing and funnels and things like that, but it's just, it's not the fastest and the best way to grow your business. In my opinion, the best and the fastest way to do that is through actually acquiring another business, whether it's your competitor or one of your competitors, or just another company, maybe in a different state, or even if it's, you know, if, if we're talking about a local brick and mortar business, it might be a complementary business that just has the same type of audience that you might have. So I'm going to give you the example that I've been through because I feel a lot of people can learn from it and also understand the opportunities that might be around yourself, around your business, and you might not even be aware of it. So my first business, it was a brick and mortar uh, moving and storage company. So within the first two years or so, the company was generating roughly around 1.5, $1.6 million. Again, this is gross revenue, right? And it was mainly through a small three-page website, which was on WordPress, but the main traffic was actually a Google AdWord campaign. It was uh, a combination of two campaigns. That And all that traffic was going to an actual landing page that was not you know, it's not one of those three uh, pages of the of the WordPress website. So, is it possible to build a company, you know, a seven-figure type of operation with just Google Ads and a landing page? A hundred percent, yes, right? But then what happened was, out of the blue, a guy that I... Uh, that I've known for a while, but I cannot really say that we were really close friends. We were just kind of saying hi to each other uh, once in a while when when we were meeting he reached out to me and said that he's looking to exit his company his business was roughly around 30 minutes away from the place that my company was operating 
So he had a couple customers that were already in storage. They were paying for the storage on a monthly basis. So his recurring revenue coming in. But his idea of exiting was to sell the truck to also sell the equipment to sell the website the phone number and everything as a package right the problem was the entire amount that he was i can't remember exactly what was the full amount that he was asking for but it was roughly around close to twenty thousand dollars if i'm not wrong 15 20k something like that including the truck of course so it was the vehicle that carried most of the price kind of value in, in his eyes and i said because i've done it in the past when i acquired another uh, truck and but that that company that truck that i bought came without employees you know i mean the the guy was selling a similar um deal but it was a much smaller much smaller deal and the company was not actually as established as this one that i'm talking about now so i looked a little bit i think the email list had roughly close to like three or four thousand leads and a couple hundred uh paying customers so so people that have purchased from this uh business within the last uh four years or so right so i looked at it and i said look i'm not really interested in buying any equipment i'm not really interested in buying uh the truck at all so none of the tools that were coming in the actual package none of the um again nothing that belonged to the truck uh i wasn't interested in any of that what i was interested in was the website the phone number and access to the email list because they were not using a crm the emails uh, so you know when you go on a website and you request a quote name email phone number you have a web a wordpress contact form so that email goes into a database and then from there you kind of have to scrape it out to be able to download the entire list so it was a little bit of work over there but anyway i said i'm only interested in the website the phone number and the um access to the email list of both leads and buyers and he said okay give me um give me about a day to think about it he reached out to me next day and said i'm looking to um offer the website the phone number and the email list for a total of two thousand dollars because the again the truck was uh supposed to be sold on its own separately and of course i said on the spot yes then the deal was done pretty much uh, i think it was later that day or so so what happened was and this is a perfect example for all of you guys that are involved in a service-based type of business over the next two years that investment of two thousand dollars brought more than 200 to 250 thousand dollars in gross revenue again without any paid ads because these people were already buyers that have purchased services from this company within the last four years so it was a loyal audience of people that have spent money and then plus on top of that there were the people that um, became leads over time or maybe they didn't buy things like that what happened was even to this day that email list and that website is still bringing on leads pretty much for free and if you're thinking about it, i mean i'm a marketer at heart right like I, I love and i geek out on all of this paid ads and and uh follow-ups and funnels and things like that but i do not know any kind of platform that would allow me to spend two thousand dollars and get a return of you know 200k plus 
on the back end. It's just paid advertising doesn't work this way. It, it just doesn't, right? So I want to give you a couple examples because I do believe that a lot of people could benefit from this, especially, and, and more importantly, this applies to the service-based industry. It doesn't really apply. I mean, of course, it applies to uh, e-commerce too. Actually, I have, a, uh, I have an example of uh, e-commerce in here too. So let's assume you own a residential cleaning company. You can acquire a commercial janitorial company, right? Because again, the offices that might be buyers of services from the commercial accounts could also become customers in the residential area and vice versa, right? Because now a lot of people might not know that you offer uh, commercial services too. Let's say you own a marketing agency. You can literally acquire a printing company or a t-shirt printing company because at the end of the day, people are still, right? Like if you look at, if you go at Staples, right? And you see that a lot of their services have to do with printing, you know, postcards and printing all kinds of marketing materials, right? That's just offline marketing materials, like printing signs and, and papers and documents and flyers and postcards and all of these things. Those are just offline marketing services sold to a customer base that could also benefit of the uh, digital marketing services, right? And the best example in this case, it's also Vistaprint. Like you go to vistaprint.com to order uh, mugs or to order t-shirts or whatever. And now you see that they offer uh, website services and you see that they uh, they partner up with GoDaddy for domains and they and you can buy email marketing services from their web, website, right? So if you own a marketing agency, you sell digital marketing services, you can easily buy a printing company because most likely it's going to be very underpriced for the amount of customers that you can acquire and then merge in your uh, company. And of course, a, a percentage of those people would not continue buying from you if you don't continue offering the services that they were used to in the offline space, right? Let's assume you are a dog trainer. You can easily acquire a Shopify or an Amazon store that sells dog toys or dog clothes or dog bandanas or whatever you think of, right? Like maybe you buy a subscription company that sells food, dog food, right? Like dog uh, treats on a subscription model. And now you are a dog trainer. You literally just acquire a huge customer base. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, you can buy it really, really affordable. And most of the times I would recommend, and this is for another podcast, of course, but I would recommend to go for seller financing uh, unless the down payment or unless the price, you know, like in my case was $2,000, you know, you don't finance $2,000, but, uh, but you could, right? And, uh, you can just talk with the owner directly. Now, if it's a broker involved in the middle, if you're using some of these sites like Biz Buy Sell and it's a broker involved, most likely you're not gonna be able to, to get seller financing because brokers hate that. Uh, let's assume you own a spa uh, salon. You can buy a nail or a hair uh, salon, right? Again, it's the customer base that could benefit from whatever uh, you are you're actually doing. And it's funny because a friend of mine that was a realtor and I posted this 
this idea that I had, and that's how this podcast episode pretty much came along because a lot of people uh, engage with it. A friend of mine here in Boston that he's a realtor, he said, um, Marion, what should I buy if I'm a realtor? And I answered, well, in that case, can also be an old school mom and pop uh, full bro- f- full real estate brokerage office, but you don't have to buy the entire um, business. You can just pitch the fact that you only want to buy the website phone number, access to the email list. Because again, a lot of times, especially mom and pop shops, they don't even think of their data being valuable. They they value more the fact, like in this case, you know. Uh, the brokerage office or another real estate office might value the fact that their office is located in a really busy street or on a on a high foot traffic area and you know at the end of the day you don't really care so uh, and then another option would be you know when you hear if you're a realtor you hear maybe an agent that's um, in the process of retiring maybe talk with that person and buy access to, again, to their email list. If they're really old school and they don't use um, any kind of CRM, even if you buy buy the actual email list, like you buy the Gmail address or whatever, adri- whatever uh, email service they're using, you can literally buy that and then you find a way to structure the exit of that person, the retiring um, process by sending an email to introduce like, hey, I partnered up with this person or uh, this person is continuing servicing my customers, offering um, still, you know, my services, premium uh, services, whatever, how, however you want to word it on your way out on the exit. But it's very important to think outside the box when it comes to these, especially if it's a mom and pop shop, especially if it's a local brick and mortar store and these you know a lot of times these are called boring businesses but this applies literally online as well to any kind of service that you are thinking you always have to remember at the end of the day what really matters is the clientele is the customer's base think about if who you are serving do you have a possibility to either acquire maybe if even if it's just a media company like let's say you know you are a dog trainer maybe you can buy a podcast maybe you can buy a youtube channel from someone right let's assume you 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 are a dog trainer like mostly like in person type of dog training service and you're planning to move everything online do a little bit of research online and see who has a dog training podcast and who has maybe a dog training youtube channel that is not necessarily attached to a personal brand because if it's attached to a personal brand, like let's say it's an influencer and that person is just, or maybe the subscribers have been built with the fact that that person shares lifestyle advice and now they decided to also be a dog trainer, that would not be a, a necessarily a great addition. And maybe that person is not even selling. But bottom line is, Look for things outside the box and situations and opportunities that are outside the box but could serve the same audience with a different type of service because at the end of the day, you know, the same person buys multiple things. So, you know, again, this applies to any kind of any kind of service, regardless if it's online or offline, and you can really 
have an insane ROI if you capitalize on the opportunity when time shines. And even when maybe you don't have the right opportunity in front of you, maybe you create the opportunity by doing some outreach to some um, other companies or maybe some other online assets. I'm always in the look uh, for that type of stuff. Like for example, uh, my wife sells trainings in the eyelash industry, right? A lot of times, if I'm if I have a couple of minutes, I look online for some blogs in the beauty industry that might allow us to either sponsor the blog by adding a pop-up on the a pop-up form on the blog, or maybe a link, or maybe we can sponsor. Uh, some type of episode together on a podcast, things like that. Like think outside the box all the time because these type of opportunities sometimes don't just show up at your door. You might have to create them. So I hope you like this. Again, <laughs> I keep repeating myself, but it's it's really an outside the box type of um, strategy that you can look at it because in my opinion, I'm really like, yes, I'm a marketer at heart, but I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not just a typical marketer that just runs ads and, and does things like that without actually never owning a business. No, I'm involved in a couple of different industries and I'll probably do a podcast explaining uh, all of them, but I love all of this outside the box, also uh, investing in, in boring businesses and real estate and things like that. And this strategy, in my opinion, and from my experience, actually, has shown me the best ROI when it comes to growing and scaling a business. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, don't forget, you can always reach out to me on Instagram with any direct questions that you want addressed on the podcast. And my IG is Instagram.com forward slash Marion Viesano. Or don't forget about the new pod letter, which is technically the podcast and the newsletter all in one. And you can sign up completely for free at www.thebrandupshow.com. And again, that is www.thebrandupshow.com. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Brand up. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Brand Up Podcast. I hope you found this episode helpful and hopefully you'll implement it because knowledge without action means nothing, as we all know, right? Now, if you're inspired to build an unstoppable brand that conquers sales and implement a predictable client acquisition system, my Brand Up Accelerator program is here to help you do just that. So what we do inside the Accelerator, it's a nine-step process. So first step is, of course, we have to do an assessment and understand exactly where your brand is at. Do you need help with implementing it within your business or you need help with separating your personal brand from your business? I think that's really important. Step number two is we do a little bit of goal setting because we have to understand where, where we are, but then we need to know where we're going to go. Step three is we do a brand development strategy. Number four is the client acquisition plan itself because we need to know how we're going to acquire customers, what is the offer looking like, things like that. Step number five is the content creation and also the platforms 
that you need to focus. Some people need to focus just on one. Some people need to focus on multiple, depending how big the team is, depending, you know, how many resources they have. Number six is collaborations and possible podcast connections. Number seven is the sales process. Number eight is paid ads, because up until 0.7, we pretty much build the fire. And the paid ads, in my opinion, is literally the gasoline that you put on top of it. And number nine, we implement and refine because we need to understand what works and do more of that. So if you're ready to take your personal brand and business to the new heights, head over to brandupaccelerator.com to learn more and apply now. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll catch you in the next episode.